Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, everyone. Okay, this is the second time I'm doing this intro. I, like, listened back to something and it sounded very weird. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. I apologize. I feel like it's, it sounds very echoey. I'm not really sure why because I'm recording this the same exact way that I record every fucking episode of this podcast that I do. Oh, also fair warning, I got a new bed and I built the frame myself and it's absolutely already squeaking. (laughs) The bed itself is great. The mattress is great, but the frame is already squeaking. I guess this week I'm going to, if not take it apart, try and like screw everything in uh, stronger. I don't know don't really know what the issue is so if you hear squeaking it's the bed um it's me like making any movement on this bed and famously as you all know I record for my bed um so yeah I don't really know why it sounds echoey so I apologize for the bad sound that is happening right now if you're listening and you think this sounds exactly like it always sounds then that's good because it just sounds weird on my end so anyway hi everyone I hope you all had a good Christmas. Um, I hope that you, you know, stayed local, saw family if they were local, and did your part like we all were doing, right? Anyway, who cares about Christmas? (laughs) Christmas is so anticlimactic to me. It is, and then it's just over. It's just over now. (laughs) Oh God, Teen Mom, there is like nothing going on in the Teen Mom world at all. If you are looking for me to talk about more things, uh, please subscribe to my Patreon. If you are looking to fill your new year with some new content, go over to patreon.com slash LizExplains. Uh, last week's episode was on YouTube twins, Nikki and Gabby. I like to do these super niche topics sometimes. Uh, this week, Troy McGeady and I will be talking about Taylor Swift. I am going to be recording an episode on Holly Madison with Princess this upcoming week, hopefully. Um, I'm also going to be doing an episode on Trisha Paytas, an updated episode. I've done one on her, but I'm going to do another one on her. I also have some things coming up like Great Gardens and Paris Hilton and all of that type of stuff. So if you're interested in that, like I said, patreon.com slash Liz Explains and hear me, listen to me talk about dumb shit that you also care about. Oh, God. Guys, this episode of Teen Mom, I... Nothing happened. Like, I don't... (laughs) I actually just asked uh, for people to send some Teen Mom prompts in. Um, But because I don't, like, think that there's enough to talk about in this episode. Like, there's just not, not enough happened in this episode to talk about. Oh, by the way, guys, like, I know Teen Mom is now on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm not rewatching it. No, I don't like need people's. <laughs> this sounds so rude, but like, I love that you are all rewatching Teen Mom 2 from the beginning. That's great, but like, I've seen all of these episodes like a million times. And um, yeah, just keep that in mind. <laughs> Reddit, like every Reddit post has been like, here are my thoughts on this, like this episode that happened and it, it's getting to be kind of draining, but I guess it is interesting because I wonder if um, more 
people are going to be watching Teen Mom now that it's streaming, like younger people, because a lot of these shows have had kind of like a second life when they come to Netflix. Like if you get on TikTok, like suddenly I've noticed like a lot of kids are into that 70s show. Of course, Friends has always been big and The Office has always been big with that. But Jersey Shore actually has like a decent following of like Gen Z kids. Um, and I kind of wonder if Teen Mom will get that treatment. I, I mean, I don't really think that will happen, but it would be interesting if that happened, right? Like, imagine if Teen Mom, like, suddenly becomes a Gen Z show. <laughs> I mean, the early seasons are good. They're interesting. They're worth watching. So, hopefully some 18-year-old kid is going to find Teen Mom 2 on Netflix and watch it. I think it's only the first two seasons, that's up there. I don't really understand, like, why they would put two seasons on Netflix. Like, if you want people to get into your show and you have a 10-season show, why don't you just upload all of the seasons except for the most current one? And also why they didn't put... I don't think they put Teen Mom OG up there. Like, you know, just Teen Mom. They may have. I mean, we all know Teen Mom 2 is a better show. But that's interesting. So I hope everybody is enjoying watching that. And this week's episode almost nothing happened like I next week is the season finale this season has been so weird with the COVID disruptions it's so weird that we are watching um them react to stuff that happened in this season on like that came out on TV like there's basically a full year apart from like the start of the season to where they are now so it makes her really disjointed storyline um according to Devon MTV is just like totally faking texts from him which is you know definitely it's not impossible to me that that's happening I don't know I'm not sure I'll get into that but I'm not totally sure where if I believe Devon on almost anything but he or he or (laughs) I just think they should have like cut the season shorter Like, they should have cut this season shorter by, like, five episodes and, like, already had the reunion. I have no idea what it's going to be like for Team Mom OG. I am waiting on bated breath for Team Mom Young and Pregnant to come back. And I also, I guess, would like to see more 16 Pregnant episodes. You know, they only got those, like, four episodes. Was that how many they aired? Four or five episodes? Um, Because they couldn't do self-filming, which I think was the right choice. I think it's bad enough to watch like the experienced reality TV stars do self-filming and it really didn't work when it came to people that no, had no experience doing reality TV. Like if somebody was like, here, film yourself for a show, I'd be like, what? <laughs> I don't think I'd like instinctively know like the interesting things that I should be filming and like what type of conversations I should be having and like how to film myself that like looks good and will like look good on TV like that that's a real skill it's a real talent I know that might sound silly to some people but like there's a reason why some people are good on YouTube at vlogging and others are not and it's because some people just have like a natural ability to like know what's interesting about their lives to share it and I would say most people do not have that and it's really evident in the 16 pregnant episode so I don't know maybe we'll get some more 16 pregnant episodes now that you know, they're in-person filming again, and they have been in-person filming again. We'll see. I guess they, I would imagine they had to pick a whole new crop of girls. That's probably what's going on with 16 Pregnant, because <laughs> the people that were probably supposed to start filming in April and May already have their babies, and it's not Young and Pregnant, it's 16 Pregnant, so 
you know, their structure is pre-baby for the most part. So I guess we'll see with that. You know, G is coming back. The trailer is... Did I talk about the trailer last week? I can't remember when the trailer came out. But yes, Cheyenne is pregnant. Amber is, like, talking about moving into a, a house on Gary's property, which, like, I guess, I guess. Bentley's asking to go to therapy, which is great. I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, Caitlin has her miscarriage. And who else is on that show? Oh, Mackenzie McKee. I am looking forward to Mackenzie McKee and Josh fighting. I really do like Mackenzie McKee. I'm really glad that she joined Team Mom. I really am because she is such an, a mess. She's such a mess that I like to watch her on reality TV because she is living out loud messy. But besides that, I mean, I don't know. I don't have the highest hopes for Team Mom OG, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe it'll be suddenly a good season. And I'm hoping that we will be getting a Team Mom Young and Pregnant trailer soon. Um, I really hope. I think they said that Team Mom OG is coming back the 26th of January. So what I would really hope is that we get a Team Mom Young and Pregnant like coming back around the same time, which is you know what they've done in the past. So. Good riddance to the season of Teen Mom 2. That was very weird. I mean, truly good riddance to Chelsea and Cole. I'm ready for Ashley and Barr to be on this shit. Like, I've seen a lot of people been like, eh, I don't want them. They're trash. I feel like the Teen Mom fandom is truly impossible to please because, like, the same people that are like, these girls are so spoiled, they should fire them and follow around new girls... Um, are like also refusing to watch Team Young and Pregnant and are like mad that Ashley is joining the cast of Team Mom and don't like Jade. And it's like, but that's what you've been asking for. <laughs> I also think like in general, it's very gross the way that people, how do I want to say this? There's a long-standing sentiment in the Teen Mom fandom that the show is boring because now, now they have a ton of money, which I don't disagree with. Like obviously... <laughs> The lives these women lead are very different than the ones that we signed up for, right? Like, part of this show has always been poverty porn. It always has been. Like, gawking at people who are poor and teens and pregnant. Like, that's what the show has mostly always been about. I just, like, I constantly am seeing people, like, they should only be on for two seasons and they should get fired because they're boring like this. And I'm just like, well... <laughs> that's kind of gross like you think these people should like lay their lives out bare on reality tv and like not be fairly compensated for it I don't really understand that mentality but you guys know I think that the team moms should be paid more I personally don't think they're paid enough like I think that they should all be getting like a million dollars a season because the shit they have to put up with for being on this show I couldn't do it <laughs> I actually think they're underpaid for it so yeah, I don't I don't know why people seem to not be happy with Ashley coming on uh, Teen Mom 2. I feel like she fits in perfectly. Uh, the drama between her and her family and Barr and all of that will be a breath of fresh. It's, I, I don't know, like, what do you want? I feel like if you don't support Ashley coming on Teen Mom 2, then, like, I'm not sure why you watch Teen Mom 2 <laughs> or any Teen Moms, you know? Like, I guess it's... I guess I get just, like, not liking her in general. Okay, fine. I guess that's a thing. Um, she's not very likable in a lot of ways. I get that. But 
this show for me has never been about likability. It's like, what is their level of drama and is that drama enjoyable to watch? And for me, Bar and Ashley has always been a yes. So I'm definitely ready for them to be on the show. I'm hoping that that pushes the show kind of in a new direction where they can show us a lot more drama. Uh, Jade is really, you know, she's bringing it. <laughs> and I hope Ashley and Barr are going to step up to the plate. Um, with that said, I guess we'll just talk about Chelsea because, okay, look. Chelsea's whole thing this week is that she doesn't want her kids to be tested three times a week to film. I've seen a lot of people going back and forth about this online, and I have to say, like, I don't think three times a week is excessive at all. I actually think that's probably a low amount if you are, like, filming with people. I mean, I go to work every day, and I don't get tested. I mean, I get tested if I need to get tested. Um, so, like, maybe I'm a hypocrite, but, like, I don't know. Filming is, like, pretty up close and personal. They touch one another. They're, like, in each other's faces. They're very close. They're going into their homes. Like... They're all touching the same things. So I think, and especially like, you know, these producers are having to travel out to like film this stuff. So I personally think like if you are on a set, like film, which essentially they are, getting a COVID test three times a week is not excessive and it's actually good that they're doing that. But on the other hand, like I don't blame Chelsea for like not wanting to have to COVID test her two and three year old three times a week like that is not an easy thing to do even the like self-administered ones which I've done like you do not go up nearly as much like it's still a lot to have to like shove something up your child's nose multiple times a week um I like I totally get that I do think that's probably like a big part of them wanting to leave the show is that like I don't know. I would imagine this show has always been very easy for Chelsea and Cole, right? Like, it's always been very easy. And now suddenly, not only are they kind of getting backlash, because remember, like, earlier this season, Cole wasn't getting the best edit. He, for the first time, was got kind of getting a harsh edit, the first time ever for him. And I think that, like, that, those episodes were airing when MTV was making, like, more stringent filming rules and I can understand like those two things happening at once being like I don't really want to be on this show anymore like the reason that I've always stayed on this show is because it's such easy money and it's like really not intrusive to my life like let's be real especially for Chelsea like they don't make Chelsea <laughs> do like anything they just come to her house and like hang out with her at her house or like drive around in her car with her so I would imagine that this is the first time that Chelsea, I mean, probably I would imagine in early seasons it was different, but like in many years that Chelsea has felt like this show is more annoying than it's worth it. And so I can understand why they left. I think for their family, it's the right choice, right? Like the reality is, is that Chelsea and Cole have a lot of other options for income, a lot. I mean, those, they're making so much fucking money on Instagram. If they can, like, get the motivation to get to YouTube, they will make so much money on YouTube, I think. I think they could be good family vloggers. Um, I think they have, like, a very normal, happy life in general. I think that they don't have drama. I think they're in a happy marriage, and they love their kids, and they, like, just live a totally normal life. And so I think for them, it makes sense to leave the show that's about drama, right? Like, it... It totally makes sense to leave the show, especially because they can make so much money elsewhere. But 
I think that, like, it doesn't make sense for someone like Leah to leave the show because she just doesn't have the same, like, brand markability that Chelsea has finally built up in the last couple years. Um, The other thing is that, like, I've seen a lot of people talking about Chelsea and Cole getting, like, an HGTV show. Here's the thing. Do I think that Chelsea and Cole could get a show on, like, Chip and Joanna Gaines Network or, like, on a streaming platform? Sure. Yeah. Chelsea has 5 million Instagram followers. I think anybody with 5 million Instagram followers <laughs> can get some type of show. You know, like, I think that if you have a lot of Instagram followers and get a lot of Instagram engagement, like, it's not that hard to get some sort of streaming series, uh, especially if you have your background in traditional TV. But when it comes to, like, them being on HGTV, like, I don't really see it. First of all, like, they don't have experience doing this. Like, they built one house, and I use built in quotation marks because they didn't build it. Like, they worked with a contractor to build their own home, which, yeah, they were very involved in the process. Like, they picked out all the stuff. Chelsea did a lot of the designing, although I'm positive she had an interior decorator help with her. But, like, I know Look, there are a million people that have done that, right? Like, I know a bunch of people who have built their own homes. And it, like, it's a process and it takes a lot of work. But, like, that doesn't that make them qualified to, like, be on a show about building homes. And, like, yeah, Cole has a history in construction. Like, I know he built that two-story, that second-floor balcony in their own, their old house. But, like, I don't think he has, like, extensive home-building background. Like, he's not a contractor, So I just don't really see, like, what they would have to offer as far as, like, a a home-related show, like, an HGTV-related show. Let's be real, Chelsea doesn't really have good style. Like, everything is very Instagram. It's very, I don't know, she doesn't have any sort of unique style. And here's the thing, like, Chelsea and Cole are not that likable. I think that people, what people need to remember is that they're, they're very likable in the context of Teen Mom, right? Because we have seen Chelsea grow. We She got her fairy tale ending. Cole is so amazing for Aubrey. Like, so in the context of Teen Mom, they're obviously, like, the most likable people on the show. Yeah, we can debate that, but I hope you guys know what I mean by that. Like, as far as normal, likable people to follow, like, Chelsea and Cole, at least to me, are very clearly the winners out of the entire Teen Mom franchise. <clears throat> oh, I just like choked on my own spit. Oh my god. <laughs> They're definitely, you know, I would say the people that are comparable to is Macy and like look at how much more likable Chelsea is than Macy. She just is. By likable, I mean like neutral. I don't know exactly what I mean, but I think people will understand. She is the basic white girl, right? That's easy to follow. So As far as Team Mom goes, that's why they have fans. And then on Instagram, I think they have fans because they're very photogenic, right? And they know what to post. And we see cute pictures of them and their family and their new home. But it's just snapshots. Uh, I think when it comes to a show surrounding them, I don't think most people would be uh, into it. Like, most HGTV viewers would be into it. Like, here's this couple that has absolutely no experience in this field. They have annoying as fuck voices. They speak baby talk to each other all of the time. Oh, and they live in South Dakota. Like, not even an interest. No shade to South Dakota, but, like, not 
Well, I mean, Chip and Joanna did live in Waco, and now look at that. But, like, there's not, you're not like, oh, shit, like, I'm, there's not, even if it was, like, another rural, rural, rural is, like, the hardest word to say. Another rural state, but, like, had an actual draw to it, like, we're building cabins in the woods, like, something like that. I think they just don't have that where they are in South Dakota. It doesn't feel that way. I don't know anything about South Dakota, so there may be some cool spots where, like, we could see something like that, but I personally, like, wouldn't be like, oh, fuck yeah, like, I want to watch this show about South Dakota. <laughs> There's just a real draw to them, and I think that, like, the average 45-year-old who has never watched Teen Mom, who isn't, Insta- isn't Instagram, who isn't interested in, like, the Instagram hashtag goals of it all, just would not care for Chelsea and Cole to be on HGTV. I just don't think they would. Now, could they get on, like, some sort of streaming channel? Like, yeah, sure, maybe. I guess. Why not? And when I said I think they'll be good on YouTube is that because on YouTube, like, the people that are into, like, the hashtag goals of it all of Instagram are into YouTube and flip family. I cannot speak today. Family vlogging. So I definitely think that, like, they have a life there. I just personally would be surprised if they got, like, an HGTV show of their own. Maybe a special, maybe... But even that, it's like, is it that interesting to watch two people build a home with, like, using a contracting company? Like, it's interesting to watch people build a home where they, like, do the work themselves or they source all the material themselves or one is an interior designer and they're, like, restoring an old house. Like, there's there's really no edge or angle at all to what they just did. And I would be surprised to see it on TV. I would. But I hope that... I don't hope that, but I think that they will, they'll have something going on, but I'd be pretty surprised if it's something as big as their own show on HGTV. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about in Chelsea's segment, <laughs> so the episode starts with them in the car talking about COVID and how scared they are and fine, 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 just like a totally normal conversation. And then Watson starts melting down that he wants a treat. And they're like, no, buddy, we're like not getting, we're not getting his treat now. And he just has like a total temper tantrum. So they pull over at the gas station and buy him treats. <laughs> like they stop at the gas station and get him candy. And Cole's like, okay, I'll get you a sucker and Oreos. And he's like, no Oreos. And they're like, okay, what do you want? And I noticed he got a huge bag of M&Ms and a lollipop. <laughs> like, look. Being a parent is hard as shit. (laughs) A kid screaming in the car is annoying as fuck. But, like, this is very classic Chelsea, right? Like, we used to see her do it with Aubrey all the time, and, like, things have not changed. I personally just found that scene to be very... It just didn't look great for old Chelsea. (laughs) It's like, why... So every time your kid cries that he wants something in the car, you guys stop at a gas station and get candy? Like, yeah, he's going to keep crying like that. Maybe it was a one-off. Maybe they're not often like that. But I think they are because that's very much how she was with Chelsea. Or, excuse me, with Aubrey. And I guess I'm always surprised to see Cole as, like, the leader in this. I don't know why I thought Cole would come in and be, like, a little more strict on the parenting. But it seems like he's even worse than Chelsea. And it's like the minute one of those kids starts to cry, they get his anything they want I think they can't stand to listen to them cry which like fair enough it's annoying to listen to a child cry but 
Those kids are spoiled. They are. I'll call it. Those kids are spoiled. It's one thing if, like, you're on your way somewhere already, and then they, like, melt down in the car and you still let them have it. It's another thing that, like, the kid can just demand that they stop for candy, and they do. (laughs) So, yeah, Chelsea is like, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I I think... What I didn't like is that she did. She kept saying she didn't feel comfortable having the kids tested that often. And I, I don't really understand why she wasn't more direct. Where she's like, honestly, it's just a nightmare to test the kids this much. Like, I, I physically cannot, like, wrangle these kids three times a week to test them. It's just too much. It's too hard. I don't really know why she didn't frame it like that. Okay, so that's really it for Chelsea. And then next week is our final Chelsea episode on Teen Mom. So, like, snaps for that. <laughs> Okay, we will be right back after a quick break. Okay, let's talk about Kale. First of all, listening to Kale talk about how Lincoln needs to wash his hands and keep his mask on and pretending like she's serious about COVID is bizarro. I don't know if you guys follow Kale on social media, but that bitch lives without a mask on. Like, she live, laughs, loves all over this country without a mask on. She is traveling. She has the kids traveling. She was just the other day was at a hair salon, like, not wearing her mask. The kids never have their masks on right. Like, Kale doesn't give a fuck about the masks. She's definitely not going to get the COVID vaccine because she's anti-vaxxer. Like, I just... I was like, this is some fake shit. (laughs) This is some real fake shit. So Lincoln is going to a new school that he started and he really liked it, which is great. The big, the big thing that happens in this episode is that, um, the, the Wawa episode had aired the night before. She's over at Joan V's house. They're taking promotional pictures. I hate when Kale does those pigtails, like the half up, half down pigtails. They really don't, they don't. They just don't look good. I, I don't get it. I don't get her, like, poodle thing. That it, She looks very poodle-ish when she does that. And I, I don't understand it personally. But she's over at Joan V's house. And the episode had aired the night before. And something I found kind of interesting was the way that V was talking about it. Did you guys catch this? I feel like V gets so much credit. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, like. When when I heard what she was saying, I was like, really, V? Hmm. Hmm. Because Kale is, like, all flipped out, and Kale's like, I'm going to get so much shit for this. And V goes, why should you get shit for it? You didn't do anything. <laughs> and, like, once again, like, Kale may have not, I don't know. Kale's not the one in the relationship, right? So, obviously, like, the brunt of this is on Javi, the fact that Javi, like, let had this happen he he knew that kale said something right because remember in that episode he's like don't say something on camera and she basically says that she did um i guess maybe he just thought it wouldn't air because it took there was so long in between filming and it airing which is like not how they film team mom anymore there's a like much quicker turnaround so maybe he just like thought he was gonna get away with it but like the fact that javi let lauren find out this way and 
after, like, he knew that Kale filmed about it a year ago is when he should have talked to her about it. And the fact that, once again, he let her be humiliated, which is Javi's thing, just, like, humiliating the women that he's with. That's, like, his kink, I guess. He just loves to humiliate a woman. So the fact that he let it go down like that, like, I think Javi's... Oh, my God. <laughs> I got... I got, like, a month ago, I my cartilage pierced, like, a double helix, and it's been healing really fucking well except yesterday I like was touching it for I don't know like eight hours for some idiotic reason and I just went to itch the back of my ear and I just pulled like I don't know I like flicked the back of one of them really bad it just really hurt stupid I'm like oh wow these are healing so well let me touch them for eight hours and then be surprised when they really hurt so stupid why does it feel so good to like touch piercings that are on your ears or your nose or whatever it just feels so nice to like twirl around an earring anyway ow <laughs> ow ow that really hurt okay what was i saying oh javi is obviously the one that is like the most wrong in this situation, right? But like, I personally think that like, if you are fucking someone that you know is in a relationship, like you're wrong. And I say this as somebody that used to fuck people knowing they were in a relationship. Like that, I used to like on the regular do that. Like I had this one friend and we would like hook up all the time and he had a long distance girlfriend. I like didn't give a fuck. I was like, that's not my fault. And then his long distance girlfriend moved to our area and she is, like, lovely and amazing, and I was, like, whoopsies, like, I, but, like, I don't know, I was in active addiction, like, I just didn't care, I didn't really care, I think I talked about this a lot, like, I just didn't care, like, how my actions affected others, I would cheat on my ex-boyfriend all the time, like, he would cheat on me all the time, <laughs> and I, like, just, I didn't give a fuck, I didn't have any respect for anybody else's relationships. But now, with some clarity and, I guess, more maturity, because I was in my early 20s doing this, like, I think that if you are hooking up knowingly with somebody that is in a committed relationship, like, it's fucked up. I do. I don't think you're the worst one in this situation. I don't think you should bear the brunt of it. I don't think we should, like, be like the other woman is evil. I think, obviously, the one that's in the committed relationship is the most at fault, but, like, I do think, like, if Kale's fucking Javi, like, knowing that he is, like, actively with Lauren, like, that's fucked up. Especially, especially when it's somebody that's so close to you, right? Like, it's one thing that, like, it's one thing to hook up with someone, like, and find out they have a girlfriend and maybe do it, like, a couple more times. But, like, they're not somebody that's, like, in your close circle. Like, you'll never meet the girl. Like, I'm not justifying that, but that's one thing it's another thing entirely when this is your son's father and, like, his fiance. I don't know if they were engaged. I guess they never, they got unengaged after he fucked that girl in their house. But, like, his living girlfriend and the mother of your son's brother is in the picture. Like, that, it's an extra level of fucked up. It is. It is. Like, I don't know. I know not everybody agrees with that, but I, I really think that. I think it's fucked up because Kale knows that Javi's with Lauren, and it's not Kale's job to make sure that Javi doesn't cheat on her, but I think, like, it is shitty to be active in that, and, like, the, the, not the main reason, but a big reason it's so shitty is because, like, you are actively participating in making your son's life messier, right? Because, like, Lauren is the mother of Eli. Like, Lauren is who 
uh, Lincoln sees every other week when he goes and lives with her every other week. So, like, you're fucking the guy that, like, your son, you're fucking the boyfriend of the guy that your son stays with. (laughs) I can't, I cannot say what I'm trying to say. But basically, like, you are, your son is, like, directly in the middle of this situation. So, to, like, blow it up this way by fucking Javi, it just is... It's just extra fucked up. It is. It really is. I I don't agree with it. If a friend told me they were doing that, I'd be like, that's fucked up. Like, you are not in the right. I mean, I wouldn't be like, we can't be friends anymore. But, like, I have had friends. I had my close friend who was seen a Mary guy for a long time. And I was, every time, I was like, she's going to murder you one day. That's what I used to always say. Like, you're going to end up on Snapped as the victim when his wife finds out and tracks you down. Like, and that's going to be a consequence that you have to deal with. <laughs> Like, it's just, it's fucked up. It's fucked up when you know that you are doing something wrong like that. And it's so fucked up when there are, your children are involved. Like, not just children involved. When there are children involved, it's fucked up, of course. But, like, when your children are actively involved, it's like, why would you make, why would you do that? So, the fact that Kale or V is like, well, you didn't really do anything wrong. And it's like, of course Kale did something wrong. (laughs) Because Kale fucked Hobby. Or was at least entertaining Javi enough, right? Like, I don't know. I go back and forth on if I think they fucked or not. I guess today I think they did. I know when I recorded the episode I said I wasn't sure because I do think, like, Javi is that creep that, like, will hit you up. You haven't talked to Javi in, like, four years and he'll fucking send you a text and be like, what are you doing? You want to slide through? Like, I I believe that is the way that Javi is with women. Like, I believe I could pull up to Wawa and, like, Javi would hop out of his car while we're pumping gas and he'd be like, yo, do you want to go fuck? And we've like never met one another. Like, I think that's like the type of scumbag that Javi is. So I go back and forth. But like, you're entertaining it enough that like, you brought it up on TV. You know, like it obviously had like enough of a bomb explosion and you knew it would, which is why you brought it up. I guess it was good to see Kale remorseful for her actions. Um... I think Kale is so fucking impulsive. That's why, as I always say, like, Kale's so frustrating because I do believe Kale knows right from wrong. I do believe that Kale could do better. Like, I do believe that Kale wants to do better. I think, like, her impulsivity, like, overrides every sense that she has. And then she just explodes shit for no reason because she's mad. And I guess, I guess it was good that she felt bad. I mean... (laughs) Look, I guess, I guess my question is, like, does it really matter if you feel bad if your behavior doesn't change, right? Like, I don't really care for somebody that, like, repeatedly does bad things and then after the fact is, like, crying about it happening, um, but then does something similar to that again. And I feel like that's the thing with Kale. And so, like, on one hand, I'm like, well, it's good that she feels bad. But on the other hand, it's like, well... <laughs> You know, like, a month before this was filmed, she was arrested for hitting Chris. So, like, or, like, around this time, she was, I believe, but I believe this was after she was arrested. Um, So, you know, she may have said that a year ago, but, like, she's still actively, like, having really impulsive, bad, dangerous behavior. So, like, I don't know. I don't really give Kale any, like, a lot of credit for feeling remorseful after the fact but I do give her some credit I guess I think Kale wants to do better but she can't 
And I think she could if she went into some sort of intensive treatment or got serious about taking medicine or, like, got really serious about changing. I think that Kale is a little too scared to, like, put in the actual work um, because here's the thing that, like, nobody tells you it actually really fucking sucks to put in the work. <laughs> it's really hurtful and hard and exhausting to change yourself. Uh, as somebody that has changed herself, I can, I think I can speak with this on from experience, is, like, it is fucking exhausting changing and I get why Kale probably feels like she can't really do it but I would like to see her do it. So Kale is like flipped out. I've actually like never really seen her behave this way. Did you guys feel this too? Like she was very different from the way that she normally acts. Like she drops okay so she's in the car with um Lincoln Creed and her nanny son. If you were wondering who that was, because they don't really like clarify who that random teen boy that's like with her often, he is the son of her nanny, who I believe's name is Natalie. I don't even know what his name is, but they are the ones that were living in Kale's basement. By the way, somebody told me that Kale's household, uh, her Middleton household, or when it went into escrow last week. So Mazeltov to Kale. Um, I'm not surprised. Seller's market. But, yeah, that's good. I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if the nanny and the son are still living with them or what the situation is. But that's who that is. And that's why he's always around. Because, I mean, I see a lot of people online being like, it's not fair that he has to watch her kids. I don't really think he, like, watches her kids any more than, like, any teen child that lives in the house with little kids helps around. I mean, especially the fact that, like, he and his mom are living rent-free, my understanding, in the home, and he's, like, what, 17? I don't think it's inappropriate for him to help out around the house, which includes helping out with the kids. Now, it's not fair if he has to parent them, or it's, like, a, in a situation where he's, like, asked to give way more than he can, but I don't think it's wrong that if he, like, you know, watches Creed every once in a while and drives around with them. And I think he, like, is just like a surrogate older kid for Kale. And I don't think that's a bad thing. But that's who that is. So they go and drop off Lincoln at Javi's house and Lauren is there. And Kale flips out that in a way we don't normally see her flip out. We only really ever see her flip out ex- externally, like, on people. Um and, like, being mad at other people and, like, not taking responsibility. So, it's very weird. She, like, shut down. She was like, I need to stop filming. This is, she kept going, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. Because Lauren wanted to talk to her. And she's like, this is bad. I can't, I need to stop filming. I need, they were like, okay, we'll get the GoPros out of the car. And she wasn't like, fuck you, MTV. I'm not fucking filming. Like, she does sometimes. It was very much like, I cannot deal with this on camera because I'm really upset at what I did, which I guess is growth. (laughs) When the bar is in hell, you know, like that, that's what this is. The bar is in hell. But I'm like, oh my God, she like was showing some remorse. She's a good person. It was just weird. Also, it was like the one fucking interesting thing that's happening and you're going to cut the cameras, dead ass cut the cameras. Come on. That's not fair to us. The fact that Kale and Lauren are definitely going to have this conversation off camera. I don't know what's going on with Lauren. I guess she's back in Delaware, but staying in some sort of extended stay hotel she had posted. 
that she was looking for like a six month apartment rental in the area. Um, somebody posted on Reddit the other day that she's living in a hotel. I don't personally like actively follow Lauren on social media. I think my Feathers account follows her, but like I don't really look at people's posts over there. Um, so I don't know exactly what the situation is, but I guess she, I don't think she's with Javi now. Is my understanding is that she's not with Javi now, but also, you know, who fucking knows? Truly, who knows? So the fact that they're going to have a conversation off camera is very annoying to me, but I mean, I guess it was good that Kale was embarrassed by her actions. Um, at one point, though, Kale says, Lauren's probably a nice girl. I wish I didn't do that, but it's not my responsibility. <laughs> All right, Leah's big drama of the week is that uh, Allie and Gracie fight, which, okay, first of all, in this episode, I noticed there was a lot of Aaliyah slash, like, switching between Aaliyah and Grace and Gracie. I think this confuses people. Um, for me, it, I don't know, it's very easy to tell them apart and remember all of their names, but I also do this fucking podcast. So here's how I remember all of their names. First, you have to remember that the twins are named Aliana Faith and Aaliyah Grace. So, Aliana is obviously Allie, right? Like, that makes sense. We know who Allie is. Allie has a curly hair and muscular dystrophy. If you can't keep track of that, I don't know how to help you because that, like, she is the main character in Leah's segments, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, if you can remember that Allie is short for Aliana, that's pretty easy. Um, the reason that I, I don't know, they've called Aaliyah by her middle name on and off. I mean, since she was a little kid, I think that it started with Corey and his dad is the first place I really started hearing it. But I kind of always thought they did it because Aaliyah and Leah are the same name, essentially. And so it got a little confusing. So the way that I remember this is that Aaliyah goes by Grace because it sounds too much like Leah. <laughs> So it's easy for me to remember that her name is Aaliyah Grace. Also, I don't know. It's just easy for... I'm not a person that usually has a ton of trouble keeping track of names. I'm actually, like, kind of good at that in general. Like, keeping track of who's who in people's lives. Um, so it's easy for me on TV. But I will say that if you remember that Allie's name is short for Aliana, then, like, the other one has to be Aaliyah. <laughs> but I see people get really confused over it. So I don't know. Maybe that helps. Also, that Aaliyah looks like Leah. I mean, it's debatable. She actually looks like her dad, too. But, like, now that she's a teenager, she kind of looks like Leah, if that helps. So, yeah, Aaliyah and Gracie are the same person. They've been... This episode was really heavy with the Aaliyah and Gracie trade-off. But... And Addie is the other one. Addie's the little one. Um, so, this week's... Uh, Grace is going back to school, and basically... The crux of the issue in this episode is that these tween girls fight with one another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what kids do. They fucking fight all day long. Siblings fight all day long. That's what siblings do. I found this to be very unremarkable. So there's a scene they're going to drop the girls off with Corey. And there's a scene of... There's like a suitcase in the... Like in one of the seats. And so... Leah asks Allie to grab it and put it in the trunk, but then Gracie grabs it and, like, throws it in the trunk without looking at uh, Allie and hits her in the head and is basically says Allie is lazy. And 
Leah gets mad at her because she's like, it's not right for you to call Allie lazy, which I definitely agree with. And basically the main issue is that Grace is 10 and like she doesn't fully comprehend the fact that her sister has a disability. Now, hearing Leah say that, I'm like, yeah, no shit, because you guys don't do anything in your lives to normalize Allie's disability. They've always been so fucking obsessed with, like, Allie's the same as everybody else. Allie's the same as everybody else. Allie's the same. She can do the same thing as her sisters. Like, they've always been like that. So, yeah, Grace as a 10-year-old is confused. Grace basically feels like Allie's lazy because she doesn't have to do the same stuff that Grace is asked to do. Right? Like, I would imagine that Allie... And we've always... They've always kind of babied Allie, which, like, I get. I'm sure it's very hard not to. And I think that Grace has always been resentful of that. Um, I think, though, Allie has her own resentments against Grace. But they've always, like, had this issue where Gracie is resentful towards Allie because they say that she doesn't quite understand that Allie physically cannot do the same things as Grace. So I think there's a couple things going on here. One, I think that to an extent, I don't know about Corey, but Leah does it because we don't really see her at Corey's house. To an extent, I think that she definitely lets Allie get away with a lot more that she doesn't let Grace get away with. And I think Grace sees that. I think that Grace has a decent understanding of the things Allie can do and not do. And so she gets frustrated when she's asked to do things. And Leah's like, well, Allie can't do it. But Grace knows that Allie, or at least feels that Allie can do it. I think that's definitely going on. I think she, like, resents the fact that like, she knows Allie can do... Like, she knows Allie can pick up the suitcase and throw it over. And then Allie doesn't do it. And Leah's like, well, you you need to do that because Allie gets tired. I think Grace can, like, sense that. And I think, once again, this, like, all goes back to the fact that Leah and Corey have done a very bad job having... <laughs> sorry to say it, a child with a disability. They have. They're not very good at parenting in this situation. They really have not set themselves up for success in this situation. And I think that that is playing out. The other reason that Grace probably feels like Allie can do all the same shit as her is because that's what her parents fucking say all the time. And they don't make disability a normal thing in their family. You know, they keep saying like, well, she has special needs and I don't know. They just, I, you guys know I've always had issues with how they treat Allie's disability and how taboo it's been in their family and I think that the way that Grace treats Allie is like a, a real manifestation of the way that her parents treat Allie. Like she is resentful for them babying her. And also it's like, yeah, of course she doesn't understand the disability because you guys don't understand the disability. You, like, how can you expect a 10-year-old to get it when you guys haven't really taken a lot of effort to educate yourself on it? Like, sorry. I think for a 10-year-old in general, it's very hard. And I would imagine as the parent of uh, children where one has a disability and the other does not, it's a constant conversation and a constant reminder that uh, one of the children is disabled and that's why X, Y, and Z is this way. So I don't think that like what they're experiencing in their family is probably very unique or like out of control. We need to fix this. Like this is the worst thing that I've ever seen. But I do think a lot of it plays back to the fact that they have not made uh, the disability in their family normal. I just do. I, I really, the person that has the disability in their family, normal. I think that they 
haven't done a good job with that and I think it shows with grace uh but at the same time like <laughs> kids are being mean to each other oh no like siblings fucking fight we actually don't see them fight that much uh it was over pretty quickly it was funny to hear Leah yell although did you hear this when Leah said what did she say exactly she said I want us to see how we're showing up and how we can show up differently. <laughs> what? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I'm sorry, but like Leah is a walking Instagram cliche. I know it all comes from like that cult thing that she was in that I guess she's not in anymore because we haven't heard about it in a long time. But like hearing her constantly be like, I want to know how you're showing up. Like, girl, what? <laughs> That, especially to a 10-year-old, like, if somebody said that to me in the context of, like, I'm, like, been fighting with someone and someone's like, how are you showing up today? I'd be like, what? What Leah should have been like is, like, why are you treating each other like this? Why are you acting this way? How does this make you feel? How can we change this in the future so that we don't have another issue like this? It's just the weird, it's not even therapy talk. It's one, like, I feel like it's easy to say it's therapy talk, but I don't, that's not therapy talk. That's like self-help cliche talk. And there is a difference between the two, right? Because therapy talk is usually at least a little more based in theory and has rhymes and reasons to it. And this is me defending therapy here. (laughs) There are a lot of people that do weaponize words from therapy Absolutely, that's like such a real thing. But I don't think that's like what Lee is doing. I think that she like literally just heard the phrase, how do we show up for one another? Which being, it's just a, a phrase we use a lot actually in AA, but it doesn't like, you wouldn't apply it to that situation. Like the way that I use the phrase show up and I, I mean, you guys know I always think I'm right. I'm a know-it-all. But, like, in this, I I really do believe I'm correct. When you say, like, how are you showing up? Like, what you are saying is, like, so how are you being an active member or person of XYZ? So, like, how are you showing up today? Like, I'm showing up today by being sober. I showed up this week by, like, going to uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas at my dad's house because he and my stepmom wanted me there. Um, I showed up by not being high there and just like getting them being able to get them gifts and spend money on gifts because I am not broke because I have a drug addiction like I show up every day by going to work like I show up for my boss by showing up for work every day like physically I physically show up Uh, I show up for this podcast by putting out a podcast every week when I say I will showing up is more like keeping your word I guess is how I would define it like how are you able to keep your word now? How are you able to be reliable? How are you able to be productive? Um, and how, how are you able to show up? And so when Leah's saying it in the context of the girls fighting, it's very weird. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. But Leah's also quite dumb. <laughs> Oi. Ugh. I just... I just think that they have a big expectation for Grace if they can't even figure this shit out on their own. You know? Okay, let's talk about Brie, who is fighting with Devon. So, but this is important. At the beginning of the episode, we find out that Devon is picking up Nova three times a week. He picks her up at school at 3 and then takes her to gymnastics and gymnastics starts at 5.30. 
So I would imagine what the what he's supposed to be doing is picking her up, bringing her back to his apartment. She eats like a snack or maybe even dinner um, and gets some of her homework done, gets changed and goes to gymnastics in that hour and a half or two and a half hours. Like if they're back at the house by 3.30, well, it's probably an hour and a half is closer to that. So I would imagine that's what she's supposed to be doing, but it seems like that's not happening because Devon is very late picking her up and then that makes them late for gymnastics because they don't have enough time in between for her to do her work and to eat and to get changed. So he's late picking her up from school and then he's late getting her to gymnastics. So Brie FaceTimes Devon, but it comes up in her phone as Nova's father. Okay, so that's important because later in the episode when she's supposedly having a text conversation with Devon, he's in her phone as Devon. Now, the one, (laughs) Devon claims that this didn't happen and a lot of people are using it as evidence that it didn't happen because of Devon. I'm wondering if like they FaceTime from an iPad you know, and like FaceTime via the iMessage account and then text via the phone. Uh, because I have certain people that text me from, like I have uh, one of my friends at school text me from two accounts and it I had to like merge their accounts because it was, I was like, who, one of, like one of them uh, like automatically popped up with her name, the other one didn't. Like I have, this is definitely a thing, right? So maybe she has the iPad saved as Devon's father or excuse me, Nova's father, probably not, but I would say that that is a possibility. Or, I mean, I guess it is also possible, like, if we are believing that these texts are true, that MTV said, change his name to Devon in your phone so it's clear who you're talking to when we, like, show these texts. Like, we want his name to be at the top. We don't want it to say Nova's father. I think that's believable. Um, The other reason that people said it's not believable is because it's a new conversation like popped up and there was nothing beforehand, which I don't know. I don't delete anything from my phone, but I can see how if your conversations were going to be filmed, I can imagine deleting them from your phone and starting a new so that they can't see your previous combos. I remember Chelsea once saying that she sends like 10 or 15 dots in a row so that if they can't see what she was talking about before with somebody else when she opens her phone. Which makes sense. Um, basically, the whole thing is that Nova is upset about this and Brie con- cunts, Jesus Christ, Brie confronts Devon about it and they have a fight over text message. By the way, did everybody notice Brie's producer? Who was that? I think her name was Angela. She was beautiful. <laughs> All of a sudden, Brie's talking to this beautiful woman that I know is a producer because she's wearing a mask. <laughs> Like, who is that? I've never seen her before. I don't know if she's new or if maybe they just haven't had her on camera. I just haven't noticed her, but she was very pretty. Um, Brie texts with him and basically they go back and forth with Brie being like, you need to not be late to get Nova. And he responds with like, are you stupid? Have you seen those car lines? And Brie's like, yeah, but, like, I'm always on time when I pick her up. Like, I account for those car lines. And Devon's response is, fuck you. If you don't like how I do it, then you can pick her up. So, Devon is adamant that he did not say any of this. Which is, I'm 50-50 on it. Because also, like, if you remember... 
the Thanksgiving episode, he went on and somebody was like, somebody had tweeted like, it's pretty obvious that production must have showed his mom footage, which is why she didn't want to go in. And then Brie and other people were like, no, production doesn't show, like, that's not how they operate. Like, they don't show footage. Like, that's just not how they roll. Devon had retweeted it like, like, finally somebody has sense. Basically saying like, this is true. And Brie was like, no, that, <laughs> they don't show you footage. They don't roll back footage for you to see while you're filming. They just don't do that, which I personally believe Brie there. Now, would MTV fake fights? Yes. Would MTV fake texts? Yes. Uh, would MTV, would Brianna fake a conversation? Possible. That's another possibility, right? Like, that it's not even MTV. Like, that MTV isn't even involved in this. Like, Brie did this herself, like, texting with somebody and was like, can you pretend to be Devon so we can make him look bad on camera? That's a possibility. Right? Like, I could see that. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened. I also think it's possible Devon said that. Um, it sounds like him. That's how he acts. I don't know. I don't know. It's very hard for me to give Devon the benefit of the doubt uh, because he lies a lot and isn't reliable. <laughs> From what we've seen, Brie doesn't necessarily do that. And I don't know. For Brie to like be straight up making up text seems crazy, but also like, is it that crazy? I don't know. It's probably not that. It probably wouldn't be that crazy, right? Like we know that this shit happens, MTV would definitely do this. I don't know if Brie's devious enough to, like, set up... Well, maybe she is. I don't know. Maybe she is. I think she... I do remember, like, I saw some texts, like, a screenshot online where she, like, pretended to be somebody, like, um, like, texting, canvassing, and the person texted back and was like, Brie, I know this is you. Like, I still have your number saved. And then she's like, so why aren't you answering my calls? <laughs> so actually, I could see Brie doing that. I really could. Um, but at the same time, I could see Devon just being like, no, that never happened. When it did. So I'm curious. I guess I'm I'm leaning towards believing Devon. I'm leaning towards that. Um, but I also don't think just because Devon got on Instagram and said, this was obviously fake, that never happened, and look, my name changed. Like, I don't think that necessarily means that it's fake. Like, Devon, Devon is not reliable to me. I don't believe Devon's word for most things. And I believe that he would speak to Brie that way. We saw him speak to Brie that way with the $15,000 potty shit. Like, that's how he talks to her. Also, here's another thing. In the end... Obviously, I don't want to say it doesn't matter if they're real or not. It matters. And if I was Devon and I didn't send those texts, I'd be fucking livid. I would be out of my mind flipping out about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know myself and I would fucking lose it if that happened to me. But at the same time, like, it would be very hard. I mean, <laughs> what situation would I be in for this to ever happen? But, like, it would be very hard for someone to, like, pass text off like that is being for me because I don't speak to people that way you know I don't tell people to fuck off I don't get in fights with people that are in my life like that like I I might have disagreements with people or be upset but like I don't speak like that to people um so if somebody like flashed those texts up on tv and I was like 
I think most people will be like, Liz doesn't talk that way. Like, what? Like, that doesn't make sense. That's not how she treats her friend. Like, if one of my friends saw that, they'd be like, no. <laughs> she would, what are you talking about? Like, she would never say that. So I think that it says a lot that it's very easy to believe that those did come from Devon. Um, because they they look a lot like the text that he sent in the last text fight they had, right? Like that's, they look a lot like that. And I think that says something like if you, I think this is true in a lot of cases where if your character, not TV character, like your personal character is so shitty that people can get away with lying about you like that, like that speaks to a bigger problem. It really shows that like people are ready, willing, and able to believe that you treat people that way. And like, for example, if I'm trying to think like, like I can't imagine Joe, like if Joe and Kale were going back and forth, I can't imagine being like, fuck you, go fuck yourself. I'd be like, and then if he came out and was like, that's not true, I'd be like, yeah, that really seemed out of character for him. Like, and I use them because they fight, right? Like the two of them go back and forth and they have disagreements. But like, I can't imagine I would be very surprised if I saw him say that, right? I'd be very surprised. And for me, it would be pretty easy for me to believe that that was set up because Joe, as far as we know, doesn't talk like that anymore. Maybe he did in like seasons one and two, but we have not heard him say like, go fuck yourself to Kale in a long time. <laughs> Hell, this season we saw him want to go to therapy to talk about some shit. <laughs> like, But on the other hand, if... It was Javi and Kale, I'd be like, oh yeah, I fucking believe Javi said that because he's a fucking asshole. And I would also believe that Kale would say that to somebody. Um, and I would believe that Bree said that to somebody. So that's why I think that it kind of is almost like it doesn't matter. When of course it does matter because if he really didn't do that, that's fucked up. But I think the goal in life should be to live your life in a way that if your text got, if your name showed up on MTV on text that was like, go fuck yourself. I fucking hate you. Um, people would be very like put off by it and very surprised and very like, I can't imagine that she ever said that. And then when you said, no, I didn't say it. And everybody's like, oh, okay. That makes way more sense than you having said it. Like that should be your goal. And I think that it should let Devon know that he has not lent himself well to being believable. You know, like, he has not, we, the shit that he was saying to Brie, like, a couple weeks ago in that fight was, like, so gross that it's not hard for me to believe that he told Brie to go fuck herself. Like, that, I feel like that's a conversation they have often. So, that's all I'm saying. Devon's had a lot of issues with uh, MTV and editing this season, too. Like, he's always screaming about editing, which I'm always a little skeptical of people that like scream so much about editing um because I don't think they're editing Devon any different than they've ever edited him right like he this season he if anything he's been around more and more people are defending him online um if anything they're showing him engaging with Nova a lot more than they ever have and so he knows how MTV shows him so if you're choosing to go on a show season after season and you're like still bitching about editing, I'm like, okay. And that's a reason I would never go on a reality show because I would be the first person that is like screaming my fucking head off. Like, that is not how it happened. It's editing. It's fake. Like, I could not handle that. 
I would be so fucking loud. I would be so obnoxious. Everybody would hate me because I'd be like, this is not real. It didn't happen. Editing. Because I, that would like, that would just make me insane. Like I can't, I can't imagine like doing something and having it portrayed on TV like a completely different way. That would, that's why I would never want to be on reality TV, right? Like I would never give up myself to somebody else to have that power over the way that I come across on national television. So for Devon, I'm just like, okay, so leave the show next year. You know, like just don't film. Although at the same time, even if he doesn't film, he's still going to be a main character because Brie will keep talking shit about him. <laughs> so maybe Devon isn't a lose-lose. I don't know. I don't know where I fall with this. I think Brie and Devon are both so immature in so many ways. I think that it's a real shame. And I get why Brie, like, cannot stand Devon. But at the same time, I, I think that Devon, in his heart, is a good person um, he's very nice. He's very charismatic. Like, well, he's maybe not very nice, but he's very charismatic. He's good looking. Like, I want to root for Devon, and I think the audience wants to root for Devon as well. So I just wish that he could have his behavior match his action, or have his behavior match the expectations that we want to have for him. Okay, let's finish up with Jade, and then I'm going to answer. I you know, ask Instagram for, like, a couple of teen mom props, I guess is the word that I'm looking for. Um, but I'm going to answer just a couple of them. I need to delete this because I've gotten too many questions and I'm not going to be able to take all of these. Okay, so Jade, it's weird because Jade's, Jade's episode is, like, very dramatic and yet nothing happens. Like, the whole episode is Jade explaining why her and Sean are doing better because he's living in, like, an extended stay place and they're not spending as much time together and he's watching Chloe for her and it's very obvious that she is, like, letting him warm his way back in because she's like, he just needed to get his mind right. He's doing that classic thing where he apologizes. They're just doing their normal Jade and Sean thing. And then at the end of the episode... Uh, we find out that it was a little confusing. I was, like, a little confused as to what they were saying. But I guess Sean was supposed to come and watch Chloe. And he was, like, super late. And so she had to take Chloe to the neighbor's house because she had to go to work. And then I don't know, like, when Sean popped up or when they had this fight. But Jade was basically, like... The only thing you're good for is watching Chloe. And if you can't even do that, like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Which sounds like Jade. And Sean flipped out and busted her window. Like, I don't know if he punched it or he threw something through it. It's like the upper half of the window, too. So, I, I don't know. I guess he's tall, so maybe that's, like, at... <laughs> but he busted the window. Um, It's really... It's not good. She called the non-emergency line. And the lady was basically like, well, just don't answer the door um, if he comes over. I don't know. I think it's because she called the non-emergency line. So, like, what are they really supposed to say to her? I think she should have just called 911 and asked for the police to come if she... I don't, I don't know. The response didn't seem great, but also, like, I wonder what Jade said to them. If she was like, I need to speak to a police officer now because I feel like I'm in danger. Or what exactly the issue like how exactly she presented the situation um Christy's there 
doing her normal thing. I cannot understand why Jade invites Christy into these situations. I, I cannot get it. Like, why she calls Christy to come over, who escalates everything and makes everything so much worse. She's hooting and hollering to the producer, like, if I did that, I'd be in jail right now. Like, why isn't he in jail? And it's like, why do you need Christy here to scream? Like, who does who does this benefit to have Christy here? Because it doesn't seem to benefit you, really, at all. It, se- it seems like this is making the situation harder for you. So why is she here? I feel that way so much about Christy. I don't really understand why Jade's always having her come over. But basically, Sean is terrifying. Um, it's weird. They had this big fight, but it all happened off camera, so there's nothing really to talk about. Um, Jade is also, it's like, how many times, you know, how many times can you guys go through this same fucking fight, this same drama? How many times? over and over and over again. So that's it for this episode. I'm going to answer just a couple of these. Um, a lot of questions about rewatches on Netflix, but like I said, I just am like, I don't know, I'm not that interested. <laughs> that makes me sound like such an asshole. I realize I can hear it when I say it out loud, but like, I'm not rewatching the episode. So like, I don't, it's like, I don't want to talk about a TV show I'm not rewatching. <laughs> Um, one person, where did this go? Uh, oh, Shira Loves Dogs says, is there a world in which Janelle comes back to Teen Mom? I don't think so. I think no. Um, I did, I remember last fall I was saying maybe if she leaves David. Was that a whole year ago? Holy shit. Because she spent Christmas in Tennessee. Wow, wow, wow. It's been a long time. Um, I was saying, like, maybe if she leaves David, she could come back. And I, I do believe that to have been true last year. But I think at this point, it's too far gone. Um, I'd be really surprised, even if she left David, if Teen Mom let her come back. I'd be really, really surprised. But, you know, never say never because ratings over everything, right? Like, it's not like MTV has some morals, and that's why they're going to keep her off the show. They just can't film with David because he makes filming too stressful and hard. So who knows? Maybe. I don't think so, though. Okay, KK Kennedy JJ said, can you discuss Ashley from Young and Pregnant's lack of birth certificate? I have no idea what you're talking about. What? Is this something going on on social media? Was that a storyline? I don't remember that. I have no idea what that's about. So if you want to leave me a comment on this post and let me know, I would appreciate it. Uh, Shira also asked what I had for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day dinner. On Christmas Eve, I had prime rib. Then for Christmas Day lunch, we ate French dip sandwiches from the leftover prime rib. And then last night on Christmas night, I had crab cakes and beef wellington with my stepdad and my mom that were really good. Okay, uh, Sun Hair wants to ask who the best teen dad is. I guess Corey. Um, I do think, though, I, I would say Corey because he's kind of been there since the beginning and I what I mean by that is there are obviously dads that I think well not obviously but I think there are probably some teen dads that are are currently a little better like do I think that maybe Joe is better now than Corey is maybe um but Joe I I really believe this had the luxury of getting to grow up 
um, because he only had Isaacs on weekends or every other weekend, which I know he wanted more and Kale fought. So that might not be his fault, but he also lived in New Jersey. He rarely was with Isaac on a lot of his visits. Like it wasn't until Isaac was like three or four ish that like Joe was really involved in Isaac's like day to day life and like really being an active parent. So it's like not surprising that he got to like, he got to grow up, he got to mature. And I think that's the case for like a couple of these dads where they got to like mature at their own rate while the moms were watching and raising the babies. And that benefited them, of course. Okay, uh, SMC Gilloway says, which team mom style do you like the most? I don't know. None? Is none an answer? Definitely not Chelsea. Not Leah. I mean, I guess I like some of the basic stuff that Leah wears. Like, in this episode, she was wearing a blazer and a pair of jeans, but the t-shirt said, so thankful on it or something, which I would never wear. <laughs> um, I like a lot of Leah's, like, sweaters. Uh, I like, sometimes I like Janelle's clothes. Not always, but sometimes I like Janelle's clothes. I don't really love the athleisure of it all of Cheyenne, even though I wear a lot of athleisure because I'm very lazy and like to be comfortable, but it's not like an aspirational style. Obviously not Amber, obviously not Macy. <laughs> very preppy. Um, like my style icon is basically like Spencer Hastings and Pretty Little Liars, which is sad. That's a sad thing. I've been rewatching some Pretty Little Liars and it's not great how much I love Spencer Hastings outfits. Like, a, she'll have on a little hat that, like, an American doll should be wearing. And I'm like, that looks really cute. <laughs> you know, Aria will have on, like, her fingerless lace gloves. Uh, Hannah will be in, like, a, a bondage dress at school. <laughs> and then Emily's the only one dressed like a normal high schooler because she's an athlete and a lesbian. <laughs> But I don't really jive with any of the tea mom styles, you know, like kale, kale dresses fine most of the time, right? Like when kale's just in like, but they all love those fucking graphic tees. I hate a graphic tee. Something to know about me is that I like really do not like graphic tees for the most part. Like you will never catch me, even though I know I'm not a mom, but in a mama bear shirt, like you won't, you won't catch me in that shit like that. That's not for me. Uh, maybe like an ironic graphic tee is like a, just like a fun thing to wear, but like not a cute outfit. I hate the way Macy dresses. I really hate, like her, Macy desperately needs a makeover. Like there, the fact that she still dresses and does her makeup and hair in exactly the same way that she did in 2010, and she still has those plugs, and I just would really like Macy to change some things up. I think that would really benefit her. And obviously, Chelsea, it's like, it's just so basic. Like, what, there's nothing really to like. There's nothing to hate about a lot of the stuff that she wear, wears, but there's also, like, nothing really to like. I also don't fuck with, like, wearing a band t-shirt of a band that I've never heard of. <laughs> I'm not saying, like, you have to know the band to wear their shirt. Like, you do you, whatever. But, like, I can't imagine being in Target and being like, ooh, I love this shirt for, like, a band that I've never heard of. But... I wouldn't be attracted to that. So the answer is probably none. Um, definitely not Chelsea, though. <laughs> okay, uh, Tomlin, I think Tomlin said this. It cut off at the top, of course, but I'm pretty sure I saw this was from Tomlin. Wants to know who gets all the antlers in the Cole and Chelsea divorce. <laughs> and obviously, 
answer, of course, is Chelsea. Could you imagine if Chelsea and Cole got a divorce? Like, I wonder what that would look like. I'd be really, I'd be very, very, very interested in what a divorce between Chelsea and Cole would look like. And, like, how they would divide assets and shit. Hmm, 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 hmm. Okay, so the thegoodbook.club, that's a good username, says... Think I'd be friends with Kale IRL. What does that say about me? I don't know. Upside down smiley face. You? I think I would be too. Like, well, okay. No, because Kale is like anti-vax. She has said a lot of racist stuff. Like, she is physically abusive towards people. So, no. Like, I don't want to be friends with a person like that. But if we're just talking about Kale's personality, like, yeah, I bet Kale is like fine to be friends with. If I would go over to Kale's house, like, what I can see for myself is not being, like, super close friends with Kale, obviously, but I can imagine myself, like, at Kale's house on 4th of July for a barbecue and, like, swimming in her pool. <laughs> like, I can really see myself being close friends with somebody that's friends with Kale, and, like, that's how I would interact with her. I don't think she'd be somebody that is, like, great as a good friend, but I feel like Kale's pretty fun. When I think when you're not like deep in it with Kale, she can be really fun, and I bet she's generous and like would have us all over and like pay for a huge meal spread. Which like, look, if you're giving me a free meal, like I'll probably show up. Like I'm easy peasy that way. I also think she's very funny. Um, and I've always said this: like Kale has the gift of the gab. I think she's very personable, which is why she's so frustrating. Because like sometimes I listen to that podcast, rarely, but sometimes I listen to that podcast and it's she can be funny and like I can see why people are around her and friends with her and also like not for nothing it seems like you know the audience hates Kale so much but it doesn't seem like people in her real life hate her like she has managed to you know Joe is always forgiving her V loves her Javi and her are always like falling out but then they always make up and it's fine like yeah she has fallouts with friends but then they usually seem to pop back up like uh the only one that really hasn't I think is Becky but like I noticed Bones back in the picture like I think that Kale is probably fine to be friends with for the most part I just don't think I could be close friends with her because at this point in my life I can't be close friends with people that have such dramatic lives I just can't it's it's not good for my mental health because I just get too invested in what other people are doing and I get really exhausted by it. I feel like Kale's a person that it's like it's an always something thing and like she never just is like living normally and being a normal person and I think that would be a little exhausting to me as somebody's like at this point in my life. Okay, so Caitlin says, um, have you talked about Trisha Paytas? I know you did a Patreon on Solid Listen. Yes, I did recently do on the Solid Listen Network. If you're a patron over there, I did do a Trisha Paytas episode. Like I said earlier, um, I'm, I have done a full Trisha Paytas episode on my Patreon, Liz Explains. The one I did for Solid Listen was just kind of like a, like a 35-minute car cast talking about Frenemies podcast. I think it was pretty good if you listen, but... Uh, Troy and I have done like a long Trisha Paytas episode. Uh, I did another episode with Molly about YouTube breakups. So we talked about Trisha and Jason. And like I said, I'm going to be recording another Trisha episode this week because a lot of updates have happened in her life that I need to discuss. So if you really want to hear me talk about Trisha, I would say definitely come on over to patreon.com slash Liz Explains. Uh, I talk about a lot of YouTube over there. I haven't talked as much about YouTube because I've been getting through a lot of commissioned episodes, but I do want to be talking more about it because I love to talk about YouTube. 
Okay, somebody asked, I don't know how to say, Amherstu said, how do you think Chelsea will fare off Teen Mom? I kind of said this earlier, but I think she'll be fine. Like, I I really think that she'll be okay. Um, I do. I Like, let's be real. She's making a shit ton of money on Instagram. Now, like, if a video comes out of her saying the N-word, like, I don't know what that will mean, but for her career, but I think if, if things keep going the way that they're going, she'll be okay. Uh... By the way, I think I forgot to talk about this on the show, but her friend Brittany finally filed for a divorce from that fucking pedophile, from the child molester. Remember the one that tried to f- fuck a girl that he believed was 14? Gross, 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 gross. That was three years ago. So I'm curious to know if they were working on it, if maybe they were waiting for his entire sentence to be finished before they filed for a divorce for whatever reason, and they've been separated. But I would love to hear more. Okay, the one thing that I do want to say about the rewatch of Netflix is somebody said that, Labarta said that, like, it's really different to watch as a 30-year-old as opposed to, like, a college student. And I think that's totally true. I feel that way about so many reality TV shows. Like, have you watched early Jersey Shore episodes? Because that that's, they're basically date-raping people on TV. Like, the whole joke is, like, how, how drunk can we get these girls that we bring back here to fuck? Like, they are, it's, like, date rape central. The Ron and Sam stuff is so hard to watch. A lot of the stuff that I watched is, like, 18, 19, 20 that I watch now, I'm, like, kind of horrified by. <laughs> because I have adult sensibilities, not early 20 sensibilities. And it's upsetting. And I definitely feel that way about watching old Teen Mom episodes. I definitely, you know empathize a lot more with the parents a lot of the times but also with some of the kids that I didn't where like I thought they were awful the first go around now it's like huh I feel for them they had a lot of trauma in their lives okay uh team mech said thoughts on Ferris QAnon conspiracy theories so I think I'm gonna end it with this one and I picked this one because I think that Ferris like journey into QAnon makes more sense than anything I've ever seen first of all Farrah is unhinged. Like, Farrah is not well. Not to plug another Patreon, but Princess, dear Princess Jones Curtis, over on her, by her, <laughs> over on her Patreon, which is called By Pumpkin, P-U-M-K-I-N, she is currently covering the season that Farrah was on Couples Therapy. And it's really interesting to hear about her and the way that she's talking, because that is you know, post-sex tape, pre-teen mom OG coming back. And Farah doesn't live on planet Earth with us. Like, I don't know what is going on with her that she thinks the way that she does. But, like, she's always been Republican, right? She's always been conservative, using quotation marks. So that's, it makes sense to me that she's, like, a COVID or a Q denier, Q denier, a QAnon person, Uh, But at the same time, like, she was acting really serious about COVID at the beginning, but now I think she's, like, a COVID truther. (sighs) Farah upsets me in a way that I don't, like, dive into her much anymore because I am so troubled by what's going on with Sophia. Um, If you don't know, Farah, like, started a website, I think it's on a website, that she is, like, you can pay to have Sophia follow you on Instagram, yeah, it's really, it's really upsetting. I fully believe that 
Farah goes to Dubai to do sex work, which, like, okay, like, she probably makes a decent amount of money over there, but she brings Sophia along to do it and just, like, leaves her in the hotel when she goes out and, like, does God knows what. I think that's really scary for Sophia. I think Sophia is left alone a lot. I think Sophia isn't getting uh, the education she deserves to be getting. I find Sophia to be so sad. It's so, speaking of, like, watching things back, like, you know, Ferris' parents are so fucked up, and you see it even more when you're an adult, how fucked up they are. And it's really scary to think that so Farrah has not healed at all from that. She's actually only gotten significantly worse. And now she has a child that she is dragging through the mud on a way whole different level than her parents ever were. And it's it's just really scary. But her being a QAnon person, like, yeah, I I don't know what goes on in Farrah's brain. I really don't. It's really it's really interesting in some ways, like, to sit... I posted actually something on my Instagram. It was a TikTok. I just posted this the other day. Uh, Jay sent it. My friend Jay sent it to me. This TikTok where there's this trend going around where it's like, show me a celebrity interview that you think about all the time. And someone included one where Farrah is, like, getting interviewed at some porn convention. And the guy's like, what's your favorite... What was your favorite moment on set? And she's like, I don't go on set. And he's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you like did, you did. And she goes, no, I had a celebrity sex tape. And she's like being so rude to him. And my favorite thing is when people match Farrah's energy. <laughs> because she's always like genuinely shocked when someone is rude back to her, even though she's like a fucking monster to everybody. And his response is, who's the celebrity? <laughs> she's so caught off guard, even though she was just so rude to him. And she's like, what? This is the worst interview ever. You are so rude. And I I just don't know how Farrah, like, was able to go on this, like, media tour where she said with a straight face, like, I, I don't do porn. Like, this is a sex tape that was leaked. I don't know how she, like, walked around. She made up a whole relationship with James Dean. You know, like, she was like, we were, we went to Miami together. Like, her and James Dean met once before that porn. And that was at the Vivid Entertainment offices. Like, it just doesn't make any sense at all. She, she's not right in the head in a way that, like, I don't really know what's going on. And I think she hasn't been for a long time. And I do think she's able to do this a lot because of her parents. Like, I think that Deborah spent her life just, like, Farrah's life. I don't mean to laugh. Like, I have always said, like, I can imagine Deb when Farrah was little, like, just... Farrah being like, why are you doing this? And Deb, like, just looking her straight in the face and being like, I'm not doing that. What do you mean? Like, I feel like I can see an eight-year-old Farrah being like, Mom, why are you having a drink right now? And Deb going, I'm not drinking. What do you mean? Basically, just, like, intense gaslighting, I think, has been Farrah's whole life. And so I think that she has a real problem with, like, what's true and what's not. And I think that she doesn't even realize she's lying a lot of the times. So conspiracy theories seem right up Farrah's alley. Okay, look, even though this week's episode was awful, we got an hour and a half of content. It's not well that a short episode for me is an hour and a half. I talk too much. I talk too, too, too much. (laughs) Anyway, guys, happy fucking new year. Next time I talk to you will be 2021. Actually, next time I talk to you guys will be um, the four-year anniversary, a three-year, four-year anniversary of Feathers in My Hair That started the first week in January 2017. It's so crazy to think that 
we made it through our whole presidential term with feathers in my hair because, as I said, this podcast started um, during Obama's lame duck era. And so now it's crazy to think that we are going into a new administration, you know, thank God. But four years of feathers in my hair. Thank you all so much for listening. And the fact that people still listen to me after four years is absolutely wild. It's hard for me to keep up with podcasts for that long. I definitely get tired of podcasts after a while. So if you've been listening to this shit for four years, I greatly appreciate it. I think I've actually might be episode like 199. I think we're going to hit 200 episodes very, very soon. I can't believe I've done 200 episodes about the show Teen Mom. I can't believe I've been able to keep this podcast going for four years. It's crazy. Anyway, I hope everybody has a happy, safe New Year's. I hope that we can have a good 2021, whatever that means. Uh, I don't have the highest hopes for it, but I think you'll be okay. And, oh my god, my computer just like went to sleep. As I was doing that, I thought it stopped recording or, like, fucked up, and I just had a a true flash of horror. (laughs) Anyway, I love you guys. I hope everybody has a good week. Kiss, kiss. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.